a PR agency that emails me and says, hey, journalist, I want to write about this story, cover it, and then includes a million attachments, and that's something that I immediately put into my spam folder. I've been offered $10,000 to write about a, a startup, and mm -hmm. I would never do that, and most reputable journalists would never accept something like that. What is the mission behind what you're doing? Mm -hmm. What is the story that's compelling and that other people want to talk about and share with others? And so, what if the journalist isn't reaching back to us with an answer? How long should we wait? I think following up every mm -hmm. three days is a good practice. I'm giving you this exclusive, I'd love for you to write about this piece, uh, gives them a huge incentive to cover what you're doing. I think it's so important to build those relationships mm -hmm. uh, with journalists and so they know who you are so that when you do have something you want to share, they're really excited to share it for you. So I guess there isn't, uh, there isn't any shortcut to approaching press, huh? Hello, my name is Sylvia Gorajek and you're watching Valley Talks. As always, we're super excited to be here at DocuSign today. Pitching your business to press is one of the very important steps when building your brand or promoting your product. So what are the best practices when pitching press? Let's ask my today's guest, Hayley Lipson, founder of Lady in Tech, an award-winning new media company for female entrepreneurs and leaders and contributor at Forbes. Hayley, thanks so much for joining me on Valley Talks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm so glad too. So um, when you're writing for Forbes, mm -hmm. what are the main areas of your focus? I'm a Forbes contributor and I write about driving inclusion in technology and in product to improve the world. Right, so, so what are you mostly interested in? I'm mostly interested in inspiring millennial women to enter the tech industry and build products at scale to impact the world in a positive way. Cool, so I'm uh, pretty sure that you are often approached by you know, founders or people who are uh, running cool organizations or cool initiatives mm -hmm. um, so that they want to be covered at Forbes or on your uh, Lady in Tech platform. Mm -hmm. um, what are the most common mistakes that you see that they do? Uh, some of the most common mistakes is I see, a, I get, receive an email that's a large blast. So mm -hmm. someone, a PR agency that emails me and says, hey journalist, I want to write about this story, cover it, and then includes a million attachments and that's something that I immediately put into my spam folder usually. Mm -hmm. um, because you actually don't have enough of capacity to read through it all. Right? Yeah, I don't have yeah. enough capacity. I receive many a day. Uh, a second big mistake I've seen, and this is actually quite common surprisingly, is I'll get offered um, to payment for writing a story about someone, and that's like extremely unethical. Wow. Yeah, so I'll sometimes I've been offered $10,000 to write about a, a startup, and mm -hmm. I would never do that, and most reputable journalists would never accept something like that. So it's also a big no for you right away. Yeah, it's a big ethical issue, and I'll remember that founder, that startup, that that sent that, yeah. Got it. So what do you actually like to see in the emails or, or like press releases that they send to you? Something I really like to see and really stands out to me is when I receive something directly from a founder and they really tailor it to me. So they say, hey Haley, uh, I have this news I'd really like to share. I might not know you, but uh, I see you write about these topics and uh, my news fits within your swim lane. And my swim lane is, and a journalist's swim lane, is uh, the expertise they write about, so the subject area. So showing that uh, what they're trying to share with you fits within that swim lane really stands out. 
That's cool. And also, because if you see if it's more of a generic email or press release, you may mm -hmm. think that this is something that is going out to so many other media, yeah. right? That this is like, then you're not really interested in covering the same thing like everyone else is covering. Is that also part of the reason? Part of the reason as well is a lot of it actually just doesn't have anything to do with my swim lane. Mm -hmm. uh, the pitches I receive, I receive pitches for like doggy potty training products and things like that no that kidding. I've never written about. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my swim lane and it's just a waste of time on the PR agency's side and a waste of my time opening the email and reading it. Oh, and when it comes to the press release itself, how should it look like pretty much? It should say uh, really briefly in the subject line what the news is about, and then it should be directly addressed to me. Mm -hmm. um, and it should ideally be from the founder, and it should be really short and to the point, and with an offer at the end to like meet for coffee to discuss it or jump on a phone call. Sometimes I receive pitches from founders that are really trying to talk themselves up and say how they're important and why you should write about them. And what's more interesting to a journalist to see what is the mission behind what you're doing? Mm -hmm. What is the story that's compelling and that other people want to talk about and share with others? And I think that's something. Yeah, so not as much about their product and features than about why is this cool? Why is this important? How is this a problem we're solving a really interesting, unique way? And why other people should be excited about this and want to talk about it? Uh, something that's really great is when someone is really, a founder is really active on social media. If someone, if I've seen someone before sharing my work or commenting on things and show that they have a genuine interest in the area of expertise, then I'm much more willing to chat with them and help them in any way I can. So pretty much just being aware of uh, that someone uh, knows who you are and really wants your attention. And also just interested in building a relationship. Uh, I really want to help people when I can. So uh, maintaining a relationship, I think with journalists in general that cover your area as a founder and a startup is really important. Tell me about the embargo um, thing. So you like to see when the founders or people who reach out to you offer exclusiveness, right, of this content to you. How does that work? I see it a lot, especially with really high profile journalists that are the point people. If you're starting a venture capital firm or if you're starting this type of startup, these are the people you want to talk to. And those people really like it when they get an exclusive on your story. So if you send them an email as a founder saying this is under embargo, this news is under embargo, that means they shouldn't share it ethically. They shouldn't share it with other people and they won't usually. And then mm -hmm. to give them that exclusive, so to say, if I'm giving you this exclusive, I'd love for you to write about this piece, uh, gives them a huge incentive to cover what you're doing. And then once they publish that article, then you're free to contact other people and also share that article with those journalists and those journalists might want to cover it as well. Got it. And what about, you know, when, yes, they want to offer you this exclusivity, but, you know, they may not know you really well and they want to also just try other chances. Like, is it is it okay for them to offer this to a few and then pick one? Like, how, how can that work on their side? Or can they just only reach out to one and really wait? I think you choose your top four journalists who are experts in that area, really well-known and respected in the industry to cover your news, uh, specifically a launch. And then you would reach out to them individually related to your first choice uh, and then if they grab your story, that's great, uh, but then wait to contact each further journalist until someone says, I will cover it or I won't. Because right. they think they're the first receiving this news mm -hmm. and they don't want other people to be aware of the news until 
an agreed upon time. Understood. And so what if the journalist isn't reaching back to us with an answer? How long should we wait? I think following up every mm -hmm. three days is a good practice. Oh, is it? Yeah. And then give yourself a deadline of maybe if they haven't followed up but it's been two weeks, uh, then to go on to the next journalist. That's why it's so important not to uh, contact journalists a week before launch or something like that. It's really something that takes four to ten weeks of careful planning. Sure, yeah, that was actually my next question. When should we really think that it's a good time to reach out to press? So you answered that part for sure. But also when it comes to what's happening within our company brand mm. or product, yeah. uh, when is the best time? And do we need to look for the newsworthy facts or, you know, if it's the first time that we are um, aiming, you know, to be covered by press, is like any time, any time is good for that? Like, how does that work in your opinion? Timing is really important, and I've mm. seen someone do it really successfully. Uh, one of the founders of Away, Jen Rubio, uh, Away is a luggage company for the modern woman, is their tagline. And what she did was she invested in PR very early within the company as one of their first investments. And they started their PR strategy before they even had a product. So they were hoping to launch their first product within holidays of 2015. They didn't even have a product yet. Mm -hmm. And they were quickly realizing they weren't going to have a product in time. So they did something really interesting. They created a book that really showed the voice and brand of what they were trying to create. And they interviewed like 40 influencers in the travel space and uh, included a $300 gift card with the book uh, for a bag that people who are reading it have never even seen yet. And it ended hmm. up being wildly successful. They got thousands and thousands of orders of that book, and they've since had a really successful PR strategy within their first year. Uh, for example, people might wonder, like, what is so special about a luggage company? It's nothing new. They thought of really interesting ways to make it really creative and resonate with their audience. So a few months into the starting away, uh, they launched monogramming with their product. Mm. And a way to make that really interesting and newsworthy is they contacted a few artists in New York that had large followings on social media, and they asked them to do monogramming for their suitcases. In no way was it a scale idea, but it received a lot of press and received a lot of uh, positive feedback from their audience. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they paid for it to those influencers or? Uh, they paid the influencers for creating the monogramming. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the influencers were excited about it enough to share it on their social media. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a, that's a cool um, strategy for sure. Mm -hmm. Any other tips, Hailey, that you have to for people to, who reach out to you or to press in general? I think it's so important to build those relationships mm -hmm. uh, with journalists and so they know who you are so that when you do have something you want to share, they're really excited to share it for you. So I guess there isn't, uh, there isn't any shortcut to approaching press, huh? Any shortcut? No, with relationship <laughs> building, not really that much of a shortcut, unfortunately. Well, the, you know, I think that we should all treat it super seriously because that's the way it really works. And so also another conclusion is to um, start working on it much earlier yeah. than, you know, the launch of your product or whatever news it is, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not only about sending it a weekend earlier so that they pick it up and copy it everywhere. Just start working on it much 
more in advance. Absolutely. Awesome. One more thing that I've seen as a shortcut being really successful. Uh, recently, Anne, uh, the founder of 23andMe, said in an interview something she does is she takes almost every speaking engagement she's offered. Hmm. And she does this to constantly practice her pitch and practice her storyline and get immediate feedback from people if that's resonating with her audience. And that's a way that she's able to understand is her story resonating and able to think creatively about how people can get excited about what she's doing. Cool. So that's another awesome some tip to actually practice your pitch, right? Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much, Hailey. Thank so, you so, so much. fun to have you. Thanks for having me.